Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. This is the Questions Podcast, episode 51. Uh-oh. There you go. I'm off. Now you're off. You were muted. Oh, wow. Never been so. No, I could, but you know what? I broke through. You did. Broke on through to the other side. Oh, yeah. There you go. So we're going to call this podcast Area 51. Area 51. There you I go. I like it, man. Yeah. Wow. Aliens here? I'm feeling a little alien right now. Feeling yeah. good? Yeah. Uh-huh. So riding on some UFOs. Yeah. So I want to, you know, howdy out there, amigos and amiguettes. You got a coffee cup there. Are you drinking a latte? I am drinking a latte. I'm drinking a chai latte. Ooh. It's pretty lovely. Is chai like really sweet? Or no, is no, it- no, no. This is just our, our, our chai tea that we have back here with a little bit of whipped cream. No, uh, what do you call it? I shouldn't say whipped cream. Uh, steamed cream. Heavy cream. Oh. It's pretty good. Pretty tai good. chi latte. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. It's a little pinkish, but it's um tastes good. Ah, uh, you're fine. I'm uh-huh. you're a man. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Last time I checked. All right, just checking. Mm-hmm. I always watch for nice to drink weird drinks, you know? Yeah. Gotta yeah. watch out. You know them types. Oh boy. Oh boy. So, Mark, how you doing? It's a whole new week. I'm ready, man. You you all geared up for Valentine's Day? Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Wow. I mean I'm geared up. I call we call it amateur hour. Yeah, you said that last week. Yeah. So but still I still did some stuff. You did some stuff. So my wife really you can't really talk about it because she listens to the podcast. Yeah, but she's not going to listen. By the time this is out, it's already going to be, you know, Valentine's Day. True. Well, so, no, I don't mean this should be out by the end of today. Yeah, she's well, an early listener. She's she got jump right no, on? no, no, no. She's got to catch up with last week's. Oh, she's behind. She is behind. Ooh, man. So you know, um, she. I'm not going to talk about your gift, but I thought you got a great gift for your wife. It's well, very good. thoughtful. Well, she doesn't listen anyway, so it Ooh. wouldn't be a problem. But uh, you know, some people. They don't. They do not get behind on listening. In fact, not only do they not get behind, but they listen to reruns. They listen to us multiple times. That's a real fan there. Real fan. Those. That's dedication. Yeah, it is dedication. Oh. Yeah. We did. We give our intro. Um. We have a new, a new little. Um. What shall I call it? A lo- new little loop of music for our news hour. Oh, okay. Because so this doesn't get rid of our minty freshness and cold blood. Oh, love. yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, I thought that's what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. Spiritual minty freshness here at the Questions Podcast. Yes, and cold blooded love. Cold blooded love. Um, I was all I was told, the while. I was being just smart enough to be dangerous. True. I was told by one of our faithful listeners that we um, we actually should start a spiritual minty freshness gum, and then she, my mom, sent um, this website where we can order our own gum with our own label on it. We should totally do that. Should we? You might want to pull back just. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I just got excited. I got close to the mic, overdriving the mic. Away you know, I, I just I leaned forward. Oh, yeah, yeah. In yeah. amazement. Yeah, could, as so I do. Would we get peppermint, spearmint, or just regular like cool mint? I, I we're kind of cool mint guys. Cool mint. I mean, mint yeah. Freshness. We're the. I kind of like spearmint. I like. I'll do spearmint. Yeah. I mean, so are they we? Had spears in the Bible. Are we like, if we were a pack of cigarettes, would we be menthol? What would we Ugh. be? Ugh. That's ghetto. Did you man. ever smoke anything? Never. I never did either. I, it looks terrible. I had a. a my dad smoked, mm-hmm. and smoking was a big thing, especially people who worked on boats. And I've always hated the smell of cigarette smoke. Always hated it. Never my, even um, tried it. My parents smoked for a very brief time of my early memories. Really? And I remember, did you ever have this incident where you're standing too close to one of the family members who's smoking and they accidentally burn you? Yes. Yeah, I got burned like right on the side. Wow. Yeah, not good. You can claim child abuse. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Look at this. Cigarette burns. My Ooh, goodness. My gosh. Mommy dearest. Okay. Um, you seem like a, a person who as a child was disciplined, well-disciplined. Oh, yeah. I had The rod opened. of correction. Oh, absolutely. Did you ever pull the one on your parents that you were going to call... 
call the child protective services, call the police. What, and get killed? I did that once, and my mom said, I'll dial the phone for you. <laughs> like, dang, that bluff didn't work. Yeah, I was going to say, that didn't work. Man. You were going to go out food. I thought for sure that was going to be a big one. But well, see, we had a threat that no other children had. Oh, yeah? Well, besides... When your dad gets back from a six-month-long fishing that's trip. That's a threat. Yeah. And then, you know, having a Portuguese mother... Mm, they The family. They, you will get it back with interest, Buster. Mm. It, it compounds daily. Mm. But see, we had the threat as teenagers. Yeah. My dad would just say, you know what? Keep it up, and you will be on a fishing boat with me in two weeks. Ooh. And, I mean, I liked fishing. Right. And so, but I was never, I mean, I was a perfect child. We knew that. Oh, I can tell. Um, but, boy, my brother was terrified of going to sea. So that Why? Was, Why was he terrified of going to sea? He just did not want to go to sea. Didn't think he'd ever come home? Well, yeah, there's that possibility. You have to work hard. That's true. And he's a musician. If you had tried to use that same threat on Ethan, he would have acted up worse. Yeah, or no, Ethan. no. We we he was already Ethan's. going to sea. confusing. Yeah. Yeah. My Ethan, yes. Yeah, you're Ethan. Ethan. My, the fisherman. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you know, just take fishing have, rods away. We have too many Ethans and too many Marks. A lot of Marks. A lot, lot of Marks, Ethans. a lot of Ethans. Yeah, mm. so. Not mm. a lot of Mileses, although we do have a kid in the youth or in the children's ministry named Miles. Yes, we do. So that was that was a first. Hmm. Yep. So what Miles were you named after? Miles Davis? No, no, my dad had a friend named Miles, but I, I never met the guy, so I don't know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I was named after one of the saints. Saint, well, you are Saint, Saint Mark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I'm working on it. I mean, biblically speaking, definitely. So saintly. So, uh, like I said, we have a... You can tell me what you think of this new little... We have a new little sound for when we go to news time with Pastor Mark and Pastor Miles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Here we go. That sounds super newsy. Do you think it sounds super newsy? Uh, with a little bit of... Um, do, we even do, got it in do, the back. Do, 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 oh, do, kind do. of. Yeah, what was, what that? was that? That was uh, Axel Foley. It was, um, gosh, the beginning of, was it, no, 24 hours? I have 48 no hours? Or it's your story. It was a beginning of an Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. I think it was the one with... Something Cop. Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills Cop. Cop. I that's think right. that's what it was. Mm. Him and Nick Nolte. That guy was nuts. That was a classic. Nutty Nick. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But see, so, we got this little backtrack going on. This is for I the like music. This is, In it, fact, we should restart it. because Let's we do it, because let's try it again. I won't blow it. Super Welcome newsy. to News yeah. Hour with Pastor Mark and Pastor Miles. In the news, something deep. It's tax season. Ouch. Have you done your taxes yet? I can't. You can't? Yes. Boy, our news hour is getting cut short. Please do tell. Okay, so. We'll have to come back to the music. So we'll do it a third there's, time. I, this is going to sound like I'm whining, uh-huh. but I try to be a good steward of my. Right. The money that you got to render is, unto Caesar. What is Caesar? Absolutely, I want to be a biblical. good steward. So I is when you have investments, mm-hmm. uh, which you do. I do with all the money in the Caribbean. Kind of scary, yeah. yeah. Um, oh no, I'm very thankful. I have some smart friends that mm. taught me how to do that. So you do not get your investment like W two or whatever they are, ten ninety nine things. Yeah. From the uh, Fidelity and all these other companies until like March. Huh. So I literally will have all my taxes ready to go, but I can't do them until I get those silly forms. Like I don't, sometimes you don't get them to almost April. So I already did mine. 
Really? I did my taxes. You're a good man. Yeah. Okay, so let's start this again. All right. In the, the news. The more I hear it, the more I like it. Yeah. In the news with Pastor Mark and Pastor Miles. So, speaking of tax season, um, if you, as you are getting ready to do your taxes, as of this week, based on some changes with the IRS, you will no longer have to claim your video game currency within the video game Fortnite. <laughs> That's a thing. So, apparently... Um, in some early tax forms for the 2019 tax year that came out from the IRS in October, it showed that you would have to claim your virtual bucks in the video game Fortnite because apparently people are using this virtual money that somehow you, you can both win or earn in the game, but you can also buy more of it in the game with real money. And then you can purchase things like virtual things. Like maybe you want a new virtual outfit for your Fortnite avatar. And so maybe you would make one and then you would sell it to me in the Fortnite universe and I would make some money. I, I'm, this is deeply disturbing. I mean, what is next? The government, ta- will they be taxing my good looks and wit next? I they mean, already are. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Per adventure. So, yeah. So, you, But don't worry. This week, they removed that from the IRS form. So okay. you won't have to claim. Okay, because my wife planted some carrots. Yeah. And I mean, those would Well, probably... if you sell those, you, you make any money... You're going to need to claim that. Wow. Yeah, so that's 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 an interesting thing in the news. That yeah. is just crazy. It is a little weird. Why don't they just spend less money? Who, the government? Yeah. Now, nah, you know how it is. When you got a budget and you're in a big corporation bureaucracy like that, you want to spend every last cent and then some so you get more money next year. That's the way they think. Okay, what would happen? That doesn't work in my home. Does that work in uh, your home? No, not at all. I mean, no. what would happen if your darling wife said, Dear husband, whom I love and respect... We have $4 left over. We need to make sure we spend the rest of that so that we get the same next year. That wouldn't work. Mm. No. Mm-mm. No. That doesn't. I, yeah. I know some people that budget like that, though. Yeah. Well, the U.S. government. There you go. Hasn't been working. I, apparently, we got a little bit of a deficit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They don't let, do they let us run a deficit in our checkbooks? I don't think so. No. No. Mm-mm. Wow. So that's kind of a scary news thing. Well, I don't know. I mean, now you don't have to claim your your virtual money, and uh, I've never played Fortnite. Really, never once. What I, about that? Um, what's that game? Those people go around trying to find the little things on the side of the road. Pokemon. Pokemon. I've never played that. But your family plays Pokemon Go, right? Uh, yeah. They, it's funny. They jumped in late, and so it's kind of funny because my wife will play it sometimes. And there's a Poke Stop right uh, out here. There's a Poke Stop on your couch in my office. So just to let you know, my wife and I were sitting on your couch. I knew I felt a weird, strange, demonic presence. Well, there you go, man. And then there's one on my couch. Weird. Yeah, we need to change offices. We need Uh, to depokify. See, I I always thought pokey was, you know, tuna. It is tuna. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So Uh anyway, there's, yeah, they're everywhere. I saw a restaurant, a little pokey bowl restaurant recently. Oh, there you go. Mm. Now, I do think what's interesting about the Pokemon game is, is there, it may not be all demonic and bad. Okay. Because people are getting some exercise. Well, they're getting exercise, but if um, there's a lot of these pokey stops, they call them at churches. Well, we got plenty here, I guess. Yeah, and so the people are—they actually come to the church ground. So you know, well, there you we go. just got to scoop them up and preach at them. So another article from uh, some research out of Berkeley. Pray tell, could this get more in depth? The and University, devastating? the University of California at Berkeley. 
they <laughs> have done some research that shows we have can, before you do data. this can i go on record mm. and saying that the berkeley the golden bears yes is the florida of california okay I this article is interesting i feel better now okay. okay how children shape parents is the headline of the article <laughs> In an age of partisan polarization, any area of bipartisan agreement is welcome. True. For many years, policymakers across the aisle have found common ground in understanding that having two parents in a home is the best scenario for children. We would agree. Imagine that. The data is unequivocal. Is that it's like kind of said? It's as, funny. It says yeah. the data are unequivocal, but you know they got some editors. So I'm sure I would be wrong if I said the data is. But anyway, across a wide range of measures, maybe they mean like in English, the data, the data are the across data. Across a wide range of measures, financial, mental, physical, educational, kids do better when supported by two parents. Ideally, in the context of marriage, that's out of UC Berkeley. Now, here's where the article gets takes weird. A turn. No, not weird. No, it doesn't it get takes weird. A turn. But is there evidence to suggest that children and marriage can improve parental outcomes? A new paper by a couple of researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, studied birth, marriage, and arrest records for more than a million people in the state of Washington to determine, among other things, what effects childbirth and marriage have on an individual's likelihood of committing crime. For both fathers and mothers, the results were stark. Pregnancy led to significant decrease in crime. Fancy that. Well, it slows the felons down. Right. Sure, yeah. Over 50% of women and 25% of men were, or while marriage was also associated with reduction in the crime activity, and while crime rates went back to back up slightly after birth and marriage, well, becoming a parent and getting married appears to make a sustained impact, impact on criminal behavior. So you're less likely to be a criminal once you get married and have kids. Well, you it's have, like it straightens you up. Well, you have less time. And, and we needed some real empirical research to prove this, but yeah. I think we all kind of, we Duh. all kind of innately went, okay, well, Duh. at least we have the research to prove what we already. How much do you think that study cost? Well, you know, these people, they have to, they, you know, typically they're working on their PhD and so they've got to come up with some original research. And so they get grants and all that whole deal. It's not original. Well, no, they're only proving what, what we would have said. Yeah, that's a good idea. Now here's what I did find was funny at the end of this article. They, they make the observation, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the researchers out of Berkeley, UC Berkeley, they they may not have necessarily too much of a church background. You think? I, I'm just kind of going to assume. And I, yeah. you know, I could be wrong. There I could go. be wrong. But at, near the end of the article. As much as Berkeley is known for spawning great churches. And, they observe, yeah. they observe that community and faith-based leaders can support these couples by providing information and training related to the benefits of family and the communication of financial management and relationship skills needed to sustain healthy marriages. So they're making the point that it would be helpful if churches would do that. It's like, have you been to church? I don't I think, think so. that's yeah. one of the things we've been doing for a very, a very long, long time. time. Yeah. Both in the U.S. and around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So I... I, speaking of, you know, governmental things and influence and all these things. Yes. Um, I bought a gun the other day. Okay. Well, another gun. Another gun. I, I mean, I don't want to make out like I just have one gun because I'm, right. you know. I'm. <laughs> Let's not talk about how many, though. We don't want people. No, to no, 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 no. You have two. Very trivial. Just trivial two. amount. Just two. Yes. Right. When they come but for But when them. you fill out a form to buy a firearm. Yes. And I, I, I find this disturbing. 
disturbing. They want to know what your race is. Why? And they have a block. It says you're either Hispanic or not Hispanic. Uh-huh. Is this optional? No. No. You fill this out. So you have to say if you're Hispanic or non-Hispanic. And then there's a whole other block on the on another piece of the paper that they want to know, you know, okay, what do you associate with? What, what you know, uh, race do you associate with? Uh-huh. But I just thought, what is the color of your skin have to do with buying a firearm? Like, I don't know. Why would they need to know that? I mean, they've got a picture of your... Does license. anyone ever actually look at these things, you think? Uh, they're gathering information. I yeah. mean, you yeah. know. Yeah, I just know. thought it was kind of ridiculous. Maybe a little bit. So what did you identify as? What? What did you identify as? Oh, Moana, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, okay. I'm a Polynesian princess, Samoan? for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if I'm Samoan, I'm underweight. That's a good point. There you go. So Average BMI in Samoa? 72. There you go. I, I, <laughs> I actually don't know. If I right. did some ministry with some Samoan brothers, and I was the little guy, and we came up with the fact that I was not overweight. I was under Samoan. Did you ever um, partake of sushi at the place that used to be by the mall called Onami? Yes, I did. So I went in Onami one time. Yeah. First time I had gone in there. Would not be the last, by the way. The first time I went in there, uh, we got there, and there was five guys sitting at a table. And we're and, not talking about five guys hamburgers. And here. these guys, they were Samoans. And they were they were rather large, robust men. Big guys, yeah. They were there. They were already Were they knows, hungry? Who knows how many courses in they were in. Yeah. And they they just stayed and stayed and stayed. And we were there for a while because Onami was all you can eat sushi. But it was not cheap, if I remember right. It wasn't terribly expensive. Well, when you when you put it up next to how much sushi some people would consume. So the five Samoans, they, they looked like they were enjoying themselves. Yeah. They were there when we got there. And they the the were way there. you call them the five Samoans, it sounds like a, a, like a yeah. legendary team. Well, I think like maybe the they three, might have been. But it's like the three tenors. They may have been royalty, like Samoan okay. royalty. All right. But uh, so they were there when we got there. They were there when we left. And as we left, I thought to myself, this place will go out of business. You're a prophet. And you know what? It did. Yes. It did. It did. I think they started to put a two-hour limit on you. Is that what it did? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, there's another place down in RB. You may have been to RB, RB Sushi, Sushi before. Yeah, they have yeah. an all-you-can-eat thing, too. Oh, really? They do. We might need to try that sometime. Yeah. Um, but th- I think they have a two-hour limit, too. For the good of science. All-you-can-eat in two hours. Boom, 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 boom. Wow. Pastor Guzik and I, we had all-you-can-eat sushi at a place up in uh, Irvine a couple months ago. It was very good. But same thing, two hours. You got two hours. You know, he's a bit of a restaurant guy. Yeah, I think, you know, I have not met too many guys that don't like but, food. But I'm saying, like, he's an aficionado. He, oh, turned, is he? he yeah. turned me on to a couple places in Santa Barbara when we were visiting up there to see my son. And they were both excellent. Yeah, he sent us to a Mexican restaurant up there that was incredible. Yes, I went Los to Agaves, that. I think it was. Yes, I, oh, I went to that restaurant. I do recommend They have good. multiple sites. Yes. Multiple sites. Very good. So. Yes. Uh, I have no more news, but now we have a news jingle. That was the word I was looking for, jingle. Jingle. We have a jingle. Do you like the news jingle? I do like the new jingle. We'll hear feedback from our listeners if they like the news jingle. Is it? I, I feel like it's just jingly enough. Yeah. Should we it's hear it one more time? Yeah. 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 Right. Let's. We don't want to over jingle. It's very newsy. Yeah. I see. I see Dan Rather and Axel Foley with guns. 
running around getting the news. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling. It. We're going now to our field agent, Axel Foley. How yeah. are things in the field, Axel? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I tell you, that's some jacked up stuff out there. Man, oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. All right. So, news jingle. Uh, the news is over. We are right, done with done. the news for All right. today. It's just, a, we're done. Area 51. We're just another step towards being legit. I'm out of chai. You finished your coffee? I did. I finished mine out, too. Oh, good job. Servants, more coffee. Oh, we don't have oh, we servants. Don't have servants. But we do have questions. Okay, there you because go. Because our faithful listeners send us questions. Our faithful listeners are the best. They love us. Oh. Okay. Number one, this is a great question. How do I know what counsel is the best when I am hearing very different things from people I trust? This goes back to the message that I gave on Sunday. Well, give us a rewind, a rewind on the message. A very quick Miles. recap. A yes. very quick recap. Um, we are talking like about the wisdom. news at the top of the hour. Yeah, we are talking about wisdom. Uh-huh. And we're going to continue to talk about wisdom. So I talked about some practical things, mostly from the book of Proverbs, about obtaining wisdom. And I shared a couple of verses from Proverbs that say, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you would agree that that's some good counsel. Yeah. And so I, I did even somewhat answer this question in the message about what do you do when you are receiving, you know, different counsel from multiple people. But after receiving this question, I've thought a little bit more about it, maybe some additional thoughts. And I don't know, maybe you got some thoughts on this too. Because um, sometimes we actually are receiving good counsel from multiple people. Yeah. It just may be multiple different good concepts, ideas, thoughts. Sometimes, well, every person has a different perspective. So, you know, you might get one form of counsel from a really good counselor, and then you get another form of counsel from another good counselor. And uh, I think that sometimes, I don't know what you'll think about this, but it's been my experience. Sometimes God is letting us know that we actually have some options and some choices. I think that there's that's, not always just yeah. one right answer. We don't like, like, you know, that. go to the right or to the left. He's going to be with you. Right. Yeah. Those situations. Yeah. I think that's, that's, uh, I've had a couple of times when I've come to crossroads in my life where I prayed and I sought counsel. And it was like, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do? I'm, I'm a little conflicted. And I, one time I distinctly remember, I did not hear a voice, but I had a strong impression. I'm giving you a choice. Go to the right, go to the left. I'll be with you. And sometimes that happens. So sometimes multiple forms of good counsel from people we trust that are different counsel, it may just be that they're giving you <clears throat> good things. Well, I had a very important decision I was making in my life, and it's interesting that scripture came up, and I know that the Lord was talking, speaking of Israel. Right. Um, but but he leads us the same way, Exactly. Right? But whether you go to the right or the left. Right. Um, You'll hear a voice behind you saying, yeah. this is the way, walk ye in it. Yeah. So that just tells me he's going to be behind me, backing me up. And um, I did, I had seven people that I had praying along with me for this big decision. Mm. And... Of the seven people, six of them all agreed. And the one flyer or outlier just said, I'm having a hard time praying about this objectively because I don't want you to I'm go. I'm biased. To, I don't want you to go do this. Right. Yeah. But they yeah. admitted it. But yeah. it, that was cool. So, and further thinking about this, yeah, I also thought sometimes this is a good reminder that we need to wait and not move too quickly. Yeah, there's quite a few decisions out there that you really do not need to make a snap decision on. Right. And anybody who's ever made a bad decision and had to ride that out a while, 
um, sometimes goes, gosh, if I just thought about it a little bit more. So when I met my lovely wife, Andrea, uh-huh. we got engaged about like maybe three weeks, four weeks later after we met. Wow. And one of the people that I trust, who's been a counselor in my life before, he got a little spooked. So Ooh. he called me up and we sat down together. He goes, okay, I, I just got to know, like, what's going on here? What kind of quick thinking? This kind of quick. And he says to me, why are you moving so fast? And I said, because I want to marry her. And he said, oh, that's a good answer. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. Okay, one other one. Sometimes differing counsel can cause us to think more critically about our decision. Make us kind of think about what's going on. It's kind so of when you mentioned thing. this in the beginning, I was thinking, yeah, sometimes it, it puts us in a place where we have to seek a little more knowledge. Right, because there are times where people seek counsel because they just want someone else to tell them what to do. That's most of the time. Right, and then yeah. it's like, then I can blame you if it goes bad. But well, no, you don't get to do that. I'm going to say that the, most of the time that somebody is seeking counsel, they want, they're looking for somebody that agrees with what oh, they want to do Oh, that's true. We've had that happen a lot. A lot. Right. Um, so, well, I, I'll say this. As a guy who is out, he, I'm asked for counsel a lot. Right. You know, both because of my position here at the church or friendship and things. And one of the things that I put out there to people when they're looking for some counsel from somebody um, is to see what this person's track record is. Well, like, I talked about that on Sunday. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And so if you're looking, it, it makes sense to me mm -hmm. um, that if you're looking for wise counsel, let's say on raising children, find somebody. Don't talk to the person who's never had kids. Don't talk to the person who never had kids. Or the person who has skunky kids. Horrible kids. Right. Um, and I mean, a good parent can have a, you know, yeah, not so yeah, great kid you know, once in a while. It's just like when you're shooting at that target, you can have a flyer. Yeah, I have a flyer. But right. I mean, if you know, if a person has you know five kids and four of them are great kids, mm. um, or there's something about these children you really admire, there's there's qualities in them you see that clearly their parents have put in them. I would seek that person's advice. But if they were not every and not everybody who is good with children is yeah. great in marriage. True. Uh, so I think it's really important to uh, pick somebody who actually has a track record. And I, I say this because I know counselors that even have some good facts and figures, but they haven't figured out how to put those into practical application. It's an important thing. And so, and I grew up in a town with a lot, an inordinate amount of psychologists and psychiatrists. And most of those kids were horrible, crazy. Mm -hmm. We used to joke around about it. We go all like some people joke about pastors, kids. We would joke around and we go, Oh, well his dad's a psychologist. He's not. <laughs> So, well, and the psychos kids. So how do I know the counsel is best when I'm hearing different views from this? Um, I was thinking of a verse, Proverbs 18, 17 says, the first one to plead his cause seems right yeah. until he's examined by his neighbor. So sometimes you'll receive counsel from someone and, uh, and you'll go, well, it seems like good counsel. Then you'll go talk with another person who you trust and you'll share the issue. And then you'll say, well, you know, so-and-so said this. And that person may say, you know, maybe, but have you thought about this? And they go, oh, goodness, I didn't think about that. So it's good. It yeah. causes us to slow down. Sometimes I think it's just slowing down. I, I have found, maybe you've experienced this too, a number of times when I've been feeling pressured that I need to make a decision immediately, Ooh. I just uh, say, you know what, no. I'm not going to think about this for a day yeah. or two. Yeah. And it drives some people in my life nuts, but it's kind of like, you know what, I, the world is not going to collapse right now if I don't make an immediate decision on this. Right, nobody's bleeding to death. You right. don't need a yeah. liver transplant yeah. or something. You kind of triage and you go, yeah, this one can survive until morning. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's good to not be pressured into those things. True, true. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I that's a good question. I do. Yeah, it's a good question. I like it. I, um, yeah, I, I like, I, and I honestly, I really like to talk to other pastors about certain things. Um, not just because of their dedication and connection to the Lord, but because uh, pastors have a very unique position in that they are privy to a lot of very detailed, sometimes intimate relation or information rather into people's lives. And so um, how many times have you been there and somebody starts down and they're about four sentences in and you're thinking, Ooh, I've heard this story before. Yeah. And so um, it, it's good to maybe talk to somebody who has a lot of experience with people in decisions like this too. So, and pastors are, are one of those avenues. Sometimes. Sometimes. Hopefully. Yeah. Especially if they are spending time with the Lord in the scriptures. Yeah. Oh, well, but their knuckleheads are the worst. But. Yeah. Number two? Number two. Numero dos. Let's see what we have here. All right. The Son of Man. There's a quote mark there, but I... I know it's biblical. Quotes, son quote, of man. Quotes, son of man. Is referred to in the Bible over and over. I was just reading Matthew 12, 32. Mm -hmm. Who is the son of man referred to there, comma, in Ezekiel, etc.? Yes. So, well, first, when we read of the son of man applied to Jesus in the New Testament, which it appears in the New Testament quite a bit. In fact, Jesus refers to himself as son of man. It basically has two meanings. First, it's speaking of the humanity of Jesus, which we need to constantly remember when we're talking about Jesus, that he is both God and man. This is one of the, the earliest, you know, strong convictions that the early church had in their creeds. It had to do with the nature of Jesus, that he is fully God and fully man. A strong God. conviction we know something about. Sometimes. I like that. Sometimes. He didn't just float around like a cloud? No, like he was spirit. He was human being. Good. Fully man. Because some people believe in Scooby-Doo Jesus. Right. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. a lot of different wacky views yeah, on but, Jesus. You know, so There's the view that Jesus was just a man, and then the Spirit of God kind of came upon him and gave him some divine unction when he was baptized. There's the view that so that's like, Jesus was not a man. He was just God. He only mm. appeared to be a man. That's called docetism. Right. There, there, then there's this view. Yeah, there's all kinds of different views. Modalism, docetism, Arianism, Ebonitism, all kinds of weird views. So wow. anyways, uh, this speaks to Jesus's humanity, that he had a full human nature. But it also is a messianic term. If you read Daniel uh, chapter 7, and Daniel chapter 7, Daniel sees a vision of one like the Son of Man. And that one like the Son of Man is uh, it's Jesus. Yeah. So it's a messianic title. Now, in the book of Ezekiel, the word or the, the phrase son of man is applied to Ezekiel quite a bit. And it's just speaking about, it's making a distinction between his human nature and okay. God who he's in. Got a sidebar. And sidebar. I want to make, sidebar. I make sure that I pronounce this Objection, right. Objection, Your Honor. No objection. Oh, okay. Theophany. Yes. The Old Testament sighting of Jesus. Is that basically how we're describing that to people? Well, I mean, sometimes we or would experience. Refer to well, a theophany and a Christophany is a little bit different. I think okay. you might be referring to a Christophany when you when you have a pre-appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. Okay. There are some people who believe that Jesus appears a number of times in the Old Testament, and it, I would say very likely that they're Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Like uh, Abraham, in the, they think. 
Right. The one who comes and meets with Abraham, the Lord speaks with him, Abraham um, in Ex- or Genesis chapter 18 before okay. the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then you have the one who Shadrach. wrestled with Jacob. Yeah. The one who mm-hmm. wrestled with Jacob. Some people believe that is Jesus. The one who spoke with uh, Samson's parents. His name was called Wonderful. and uh, That's and a great so, name. Yeah. And then, and, uh, yeah. The Shadrach, Meshach, Shadrach, and, Abednego. Meshach and Abednego. The one with them in the fiery furnace. So there's yeah. a number of times in the Old Testament where we assume, we think, that it was probably Jesus. And I think that's a pretty good so interpretation of the passage. A Christophany. Okay. Well, yeah. My brother's name's Christopher. There you go. There you go. And theophany is? Well, again, it's, a, it's like a coming in contact with the presence of God. Okay. Theos. Theos. Christos. Okay. Got it. Right. Just wanted to make sure that was plain and simple. Well, I hope it is because we, it is we now. aim at plainness. Well, we definitely are trying to give good info. Right. Okay. Using so that fog. The, the son of man. The son of man. Okay. I feel like you explained that. Numero tres. Yes. There's a lot of talk in the Bible about the Sabbath, mm. keeping it holy. I've heard Fourth Rick commandment. Warren. I heard, I, heard, I heard Rick Warren Day, I think they meant say. Say. We yeah. need to still keep change the that. Sabbath, paraphrased, but have never something, I think they're losing some words, had it said at our church, mm. why or why not should we keep the Sabbath? In quotes, if we should, what does that look like? So the fourth commandment in the Big Ten says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor, and the seventh is a day of rest. So. Right. Uh, so that is the Sabbath, the day and, of rest. And we certainly have some Old Testament examples of not resting and not laying, letting even the land lay fallow, things like that. Right. We also have some Old Testament examples and some applications of yes. the Sabbath law that got a little a little nutty, shall we say, kind of like yeah. Nick Nolte. Oh, yeah. A little nutty. After the children of Israel came out of their exile in Babylon. For uh, how many got, years? They were there for 70. Okay. They, they got super, super religious, shall we say. And, well, they uh, just got back to the woodshed. They were hardcore committed to the law, and so they they kind of expanded the law of the Sabbath, maybe a little bit more than God intended. Right. But they were in exile because? They did not observe the Sabbath. Yeah. So you can see why they they didn't just not observe the Sabbath on the week. They did not have observe the Sabbath of years. Right. So there was a Sabbath year that God had required of the people where they would let their ground lay fallow, and they did not observe it. So God says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... Take that from you. Yeah. So you're going to go into exile. So coming back to the land after the exile, they were pretty strongly committed to this idea of Sabbath. But I think that they may have added a little bit to God's law. So in the New Testament, Jesus appears, according to Jewish Sabbath tradition, post the Babylonian exile. He appears to break their view of the Sabbath a number of times. A few instances. Oh, the, yeah. yeah. The he withered heals, hand, I he believe. He heals a guy on a Sabbath, yeah. and he Blind. his his disciples are partaking of you know wheat on the Sabbath. Yeah, they're they, eating. How dare they? Oh, know? wow. And he makes a statement, Jesus does, and uh, it's recorded in Mark's Gospel, chapter 2. It says, God made the Sabbath for yeah. us. Yep. Not the other way around. Yeah, we The Sabbath was made for man and not the man for Sabbath. Yeah. Mark, chapter 2, verse 27. So what do we think about the Sabbath here at Cross Connection Church? Uh, we do not believe that we are obliged to keep the Sabbath principle in the same way that the Jews did after the exile. We do not believe that, kind of as the Seventh-day Adventists do, that Saturday is the day that you need to go to church, and if you don't go to church on Saturday, then you are wrong. We do believe and heartily endorse the idea of a time of rest. Resting from your labor, setting aside 
all the distractions, the chaos of life. And I will be the first to admit I am terrible at Sabbath. I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm working on it. It's, uh, I do see troubles because, you know, I spend a lot of time with people, mm. problems. Mm -hmm. I do see troubles that come about when people need to take a Sabbath, especially from certain things. Yeah. And they do not. Mm. And I think God makes it apparent in our lives. True. And so I think, you know, my opinion is that the Sabbath principle still exists mm. and is good for us. Right. But it's not a legalistic thing. Right. But it is something that is good for us. And so um, disengaging mm -hmm. from work is very important. And I think I heard you bring the point up before. One of the reasons uh, the Sabbath thing came around is because, you know, there's it's a two-sided thing. Uh, one is work six days. Right. I, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. So, so I think the command is both. Yeah. Six days shall you work, and the seventh is a day of rest. Right. So don't be a slacker. Right. But then let's not overdo it. Yes. So clarity. Clarity is key. So we aim for clarity. Right. So what does it look like? What's it look like to yes. partake what, what of What does Sabbath? it look like for Pastor Miles to have a Sabbath? Since, you know, you're working on Sunday. I would You're say the, sweating up there. True, man. yeah, you know, I for Bring 20, the heat. for 21 years I've worked every Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Um so ideally speaking, if I were to say this is what a Sabbath would look like, I would say you should unplug from all the distractions that are going on of life and set aside one day in 7 to rest and rest in the form of actually resting from your labors, not doing stuff. And not piling that day up with running to every sporting event possible and mm. doing all the household chores that you're not able to get to because you work so hard during the week and all of those sort of things. So ideally, I would say it would look like that. And ideally, it would probably even look like turning off your cell phone, which is a huge distraction for me, and setting that aside. But I'm like I said, I'm terrible at this. I try. I'm working yeah. on it. What yeah. do you think? Well, I, I, I think it is unplugging. Yeah. Um, I do think there's different seasons in our lives. This is true. My wife and I were just talking about yeah, this because life is a little chaotic right now. Right. There, there's definitely seasons, but uh, you do not want those seasons to turn into years. And so um, there's some times when I need to, it's imperative that I get away into nature and take a Sabbath and get away from obviously our devices and all those things. I'm not a news guy, so I don't have that big grieving thing in my life, you know, chewing on me all the time. But there's sometimes when I just go away and I just think about all the good things that God has done in my life and all the people I'm thankful for. So yeah. it's a time of thankfulness and a time of kind of meditation with the Lord. Just being now, thankful when you say you're not out. a news guy, yeah, you don't seem like you're ignorant of things that are happening in the world. So you do pay attention to things. I, that are yeah. Happening. I, I hear about things. Right. It gets piped. But you don't, you don't watch the world news and the local I news. I do not night. hang on it every night because quite honestly, it doesn't change that much from day to day. Yeah. I don't necessarily trust right. the accuracy of it. Mm. Uh, see, I didn't say fake news either. Did I? No, you just I, did. I didn't know. Just yeah, did. Yeah. But just anyway, now. Um, that was fake news. I don't necessarily trust the accuracy of it. And I think the volume of news that we get sometimes, and they're calling it news is bad news, and I think it can be really bad for people because it'll hurt your outlook. And ultimately, that time we spend away with our right. Bible, uh, perhaps even just with our spouse, having morning coffee and talking about some of the good things that God's doing and 
in our lives and maybe the lives of friends, that's encouraging. And mm-hmm. then I think it's I think God's really big on appreciation and worship. Yes. And gratefulness, uh, thankfulness. And so that's what my Sabbath looks like. And then yeah. sometimes my Sabbath looks like uh, you know, a shotgun on a pond with one of my sons. Sometimes my Sabbath looks like a fishing rod. Sometimes my Sabbath looks like um, some really good Christian music and some headphones and a mountain bike. There you go. And Or vegging out on a lawn chair. I like all those things. Yeah, they're all good things. Yeah, so I, I But I'm not dogmatic about it, because they say, I don't even have a dog, so. Not yet. All right. Cool. All right, so uh, Rick Warren talks about it. I like Rick Warren... Sabbath is a good thing. Okay. Um, number four. What do you think of pastors? Boy, that's a lot. On Christian TV stations. There's an air quote there I'm going to throw in. Um, what do you think when they're into deciphering codes in the Bible, like numbers and prophecies? So what? let's think of them. There was the chronogram code. There was the Bible code. The Bible code. Wasn't there like a Mona Lisa code the, or? A, well, that was the Da Vinci code. Da Vinci that was, code. That was that's a what wacky it was. fictional. Oh, book. yeah. What else? There was the um, the, the donut Hebrew, code, the Hebrew pictorial language. Yeah. There was the um, the blood moons and solar eclipses. Good there night, was, blood moon. Good night, blood moon. And uh, there's 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 like a new one all the time. So yeah. what do I think about these things? Yeah. Um, I think that. Just like the news, the TV news, mm-hmm. you need sensational things that drive views and ratings. And just sticking to the core biblical teaching that's being, been being taught faithfully for the last 2,000 years is not sensational for a lot of people. And so you always got to come up with something fresh and new, and prophecy seems to fit that perfectly. And because we don't observe what the... Uh, the Torah, the law says about mm-hmm. how to deal with false prophets because we don't observe that anymore. These guys get away with all kinds of things where they are totally wrong. They run rampant. Totally nuts. Yes. Coming up with all kinds of wacky things. And uh, and no one can check their work. It's like there's no way to check their work. They just move on. And yeah, I think it's absurd. I think it's stupid. I think it'd be really cool right, if there was like a, you know, like a, a biblical... Mob, mob, yeah, like gangsters that went around and slapped these guys around when they did when they led so, sheep astray in uh, first century Judaism. Yes, there was. There was a group called the Sakari. Yes, the, the Bible dagger, slappers, daggermen. Yeah, they didn't mess around. The daggermen would uh, take out religious opponent opponents. Yeah, they were zealots. Yeah, yeah, give them a big wedgie. Yeah, I don't think that's wedgie. a good idea. You know what we used to call them around here before you came on staff? What SFC? SFC snipers for Christ. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm, I'm going to throw this out. Yeah. Just, let's be practical. Uh-huh. It's like, look at the way Jesus taught. Using um, concepts and stories, parables, of things that people, everyday people, not geniuses, uh, not scholars, would understand. If there was a secret code that you needed to know, a Captain Crunch decoder ring, your Bible would come with it. And the more you try to put, no, these... we discovered it here. At yes, Cross we're the only ones. But we will, we will let you look at it. Our golden glasses through which you can decipher 
for a small price. Well, 15 down, 15 a month, no payments till next June. E1 and up, we finance. And yes. if, you, if you call right now. We'll give you some genuine imitation simulated Saskatchewan ivory No, I was knives. thinking that we'll send you uh, some of our, our sweat rags that... Oh, there you go, prayer, man. They're prayer rags. They, <laughs> prayer cloths? They will bring health well, and you know, healing. Well, you know what? I got, we got some tissue in there. We can pray over those there things. There you go, right here. Tissue. There you go. Oh, man. It landed in my coffee cup. Oh, man. That's prophetic. Uh, Yeah, I think. And it's, it's in the shape of a dove. Wow. It, it descended like wow, a dove. Wow. My, there you go. Wow, paper. you are so spiritual. Like yeah, did that? If that sounded dumb to you, you're probably smart enough to know don't fall for silly codes. So. Right. Yeah, if you needed a secret decoder ring for the Bible, Jesus would have given it to you. The only the only secret decoder ring you need to know. So here's been my observation. Jesus. Let's see let's see yeah. what you think about this. My observation has been a lot of the people that get drawn in, shall we say, to the the prophecy, the next new prophecy thing, that it kind of ends up going down one of two paths. Either the prophecy thing doesn't come to pass, like the person said. And they go, shoot, give up on this thing. I'm done with the whole thing. Or they find themselves becoming what I like to lovingly refer to as a Bible conspiracy theorist who is looking for a biblical conspiracy behind every verse. And they're like Bible cryptographers instead of Bible readers and studiers. And so they, they get into this echo chamber, this prophecy echo chamber, with, where everything is a new prophecy of the end of the world. And they're always excited about the end of the world, which I don't like. Yeah. I don't think when you're talking about the destruction and wrath of the book of Revelation, I don't think your face should light up like you're excited about it. Mm. That's my opinion. I will say one thing. Right. When they're these, you know... Gosh, we had a word for them before. These... Uh, YouTube prophecy guys. Yeah, the newspaper yeah, eschatology the, guys. Yeah, the, and now yeah. we call them YouTube eschatology. They, they, they put the, the scat in eschatology, yes. <laughs> um, you can look that up, kids. Anyway, one thing that does follow them is that nobody comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through this. They do not come to an understanding. Uh, there is nothing about these teachings that make people want to go out and make disciples they may go out and try to scare the hell out of people or come up with these you know, bogus theories, but there's nothing about this that generates disciples that fulfills the good commission. Uh, the, the, good big commission. Com- the, the big good commission? commission the, wow. the, the big commission. The great commission. I think well, they I call, call it the great the, I call it the big commission. Well, now we're just going to call it the good. It's yeah, the, the, the good. semi-good commission. That's sort of good, better right. than. Go into all the world. I'm sorry, I got excited. Go I got into all the world and preach prophecy? I was trying to. Says? No. No. No, no. Uh, in okay, word. but I, I do want to add to this. Yeah, that that you and I both would be classified as futurists when it comes to Bible prophecy. We believe that Jesus is going to return, so we're looking forward to the second coming, and we have some we have some biblical ideas, thoughts, perspectives on how some of those things come about. But we don't we don't make that our our core thing that we're always talking about. Well, I just don't like to spend a lot of time talking about something we don't really know everything about. Uh, the, the the hope and the promise of Christ coming back mm-hmm. for his church should bring a smile to our face, but it also should, should put a little fire in our belly to go out and make disciples and fulfill the Great Commission. And if it doesn't do that, I think it's misplaced. If, if it makes me want to store water, food, and buy another AR-15, it's probably not of the Lord. But you know, you know what I think of when... 
when I hear some of these things, because I've heard some of these, their names shall, they shall remain nameless. But when I hear some of these crazy prophecy things. I'll name names. Look out, man. No, let's not. Let's not. But the, the thing that I think of is this. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Agreed. Shall we move on to the next yes. question? Was that Billy Madison? Or yes. T- okay, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. I've never seen the movie, but I know the clip. I know the clip. I've used it a few times. Yes. So, yes, that's what I think about it. Okay, um... What does it mean that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father? Hmm. Not being funny, but it sounds like he doesn't move around a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, man. Okay, um, it's, a, yeah, it's an yeah. idiom. I'd like to come back for my church, but I'm sitting at the right hand of the right, Father. Right, it's an yeah. idiomatic expression. Oh, man. And so a person of high rank would put someone at their right hand, giving yes. them equal honor with their position. Yeah. And that would be making them being recognized as possessing the equal honor and dignity. For example, the Don't like being pharaoh. my right-hand man. Right. Yeah. Kind of. The pharaoh in Egypt, in the book of Genesis, with Joseph, after Joseph deciphered the dream of pharaoh, pharaoh positioned him at his right hand, and he was the one who had all the power and authority of Egypt. He's prime minister, basically. So the fact that Jesus Christ is at the right hand of God is a sign to his disciples that... Uh, Jesus is Lord, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. It also is a sign that he's gone to heaven. And, um, but also um, God's right hand in prophecy also refers to the Messiah. So it's a messianic position. Um, but it, the fact that he's sitting is also important because it implies that he is at rest and his work is done, which Jesus said on the cross, his last words. Chilling. It is finished. finished. It's Tell it's a finished. story. It is paid. It's done. So, yeah, so, um, so that's what it means. He's... Probably not just always sitting there and never to move, because yeah, that would that would be kind of rough. So, yeah, it's like he, saying your right hand man like never me, left your right hand. Yeah, if he's anything like me and he was sitting there for a long time, he'd start bouncing his leg like getting a little antsy. Give you a leg thing, yeah, yeah, I got, yeah. Uh, it's time to go. Hey. Time to go. All right, all right. I've yeah. been here yeah. for two thousand years. Well, yeah. <laughs> when when do we get to go my back? Butt's, my butt's getting a little numb from sitting here. Can, can we, we get to go can back? I get a pad let's, for my chair. Yeah, back. no, let's go back. Yeah, wow, it's like a cartoon. That's a great question. Yeah. It was a fu- I don't care what the, this guy was trying not to be funny. It's a great question. But he was being funny. It's a good I question. Like it. I, I like it. Good question. Some little comedy there. It's, it's way to go. Not being funny, but it sounds like he doesn't move from that position. <laughs> I like it. Hello. Okay. Is number anybody seven. else reading the same Bible I'm reading? Yes. Uh, would this be a right thing to say? Pastor Ed Young. I don't know who Pastor Ed He's Young is. He's a pastor is. of a church in Texas. Okay. Big church in Texas. A big hair church? He even had a, he had like a reality TV show. Oh, wow. Yeah. He says, quote, where is righteous as God? We are as righteous as God, that's yeah. what he says. and they said, would this be a right thing to say? I have some thoughts. Do you have any thoughts? Well, it depends how you're coming out. I need, would need to hear the whole paragraph. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to hear things out of context. But, I mean, I'm only as righteous as Jesus is what he is covered right. uh, before the Lord, so that would be a right thing. But to, you know, yeah, I, would, I not- would never put my righteousness and God's in the same uh, sentence, usually. Yeah. yeah. That would be a... You know, David... He's pretty bold in the Psalms of saying, according to my righteousness. He's pretty pretty bold to say yeah, this. Yeah, well, how'd um, that work out for him long term? Well, you know, he got humbled. 
Yeah. 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 So yeah. he got, yeah, he got denied at the hoop. So, yeah. So having not heard the whole context of the paragraph in which Ed Young said, we are as righteous as God, um, my, my immediate just response would be, well, yes and no. So yeah. we are as righteous as God if we have received Christ's imputed righteousness to us. Right. So it would be correct to say that we are righteous in Christ. Just as 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So in Christ Jesus, we are clothed in Jesus' righteousness. But as it relates to actual, practical righteousness, we may have a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. A long ways. Long ways? Miles to go before You're we You're far ahead of me. No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. Well, I may be closer to righteousness than you because I'll be dead before you. Well, that's not entirely for sure. You never know. Right. But I mean, you know, if the, the statistics I mean, hold up. You know? If we're looking at statistically. Statistically? Yeah. Did you make up a word there? Well, it's kind of like strategery. Oh, okay. Well, you know, so, okay. sounds good. Um, let's see. Number Ocho. seven? No, I think we're on seven. No, no, no. We skipped one because it got doubled up. Oh, we're I saving the best till last. One. I didn't have that double one. Because okay, it involves it. a famous Bible commentator. It does, guy. it does. Commentatious. That you know what? I might that might be his ghetto name. Commentatious? Yeah, commentatious, I might call him. Gotcha. Okay. Uh so number eight, Matthew twelve thirty six says that we will have to give an account for every careless word we say. I've read in other versions <coughs> that careless can be translated as idle. And then here comes one of my favorites. Jay Vernon. Jay Vernon McGee says that friends. Latin can that be translated as blasphemy. blasphemy. Yeah. I tell you what. I, I know. Friends. Don't be a milk toast. I heard oh, him say gosh. that one. Time. Oh, yeah. Don't be a milk toast Christian. Oh, gosh. He was great. My beloved. So uh, I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure whether this is about all the thoughtless or careless things. We say to people, or if it means turning away from God, I worry that I'm going to be held accountable for every time I trusted in the wrong things and people rather than trusting in him, or every time I said something thoughtless. Can you help me to understand this? There's a burden there, man. Yes. Well, the fact that there is an accountability for our words that the Bible tells us, there seems to be, um, for every idle thought or word, the fact that there is an accountability, um, that should be a challenging concept, I think, to us. I think that that should give us an eternal mindset. I agree. Yes. You spoke on that a couple months ago. Yes. But I think this does a few things for us, this realization that we may give an account. I think it challenges us to walk a little bit more circumspectly. Can I insert the word, it should be sobering? Sobering, yeah. Sobering. Because the Bible says, walk circumspectly, yes. understanding the times. This is, I think, Ephesians 5, somewhere right yeah. around there. So it challenges us to be a little bit more careful in the way be, that we walk. sober-minded. Sober-minded, yes. circumspect, paying attention. If yeah. you're paying anything, pay, pay attention. attention. Yeah. It reminds us that God has expectations for which we are responsible for in this life. So he saves us by his grace. Through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Praise God for his mercy and his grace. But he has some expectations of us as his kids. Mm -hmm. And so we're responsible for those. 
And uh, we're going to give an account for those. And I think, thirdly, it causes me to cling to God's grace all the more. Right. Because I'm what you might call a flunky when it comes to walking in righteousness and circumspectly. I can, I can kind of step in it from time to time. Well. Which reminds me of a story. Yeah? What did you day. do? The other day time. I was with my kids. Okay. Elliot and Evangeline. And uh, we had, I'd taken them to school like I do every morning. And so Elliot, 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 Evangeline, Ethan, and Addison. Addison. We have three E's and an A. What, what, what happened? Did you, were you guys? Yeah, I don't know. Couldn't find an E name for her? Well, no, we just like the name Addison. Oh, okay. We, we had an Ethan. It's a great name. And then we liked the name Addison. We had an Addison. And then after that, we, we were going to have a Caitlin. That could have went bad. And uh, That name has fallen out of favor for it, some reason. It kind of has. I don't um, know why. Her name was going to be Caitlin Joy. And... About a month before Andrea gave birth to Evangeline, she had a dream. And she said, I don't think we're having a Caitlin. She's going to have darker skin. She's going to be like a little Italian girl. I think we should go with name number two, which was Evangeline Grace. Really? She had like a... She had a dream. Okay, now you'll hear something crazy. Huh. So with my third child... I have a dream. Yeah. Uh, no, I was in Sholo. Your third Sholo, child, which is... Ethan. Ethan. I was in Sholo, Arizona. I know Sholo. That's right next to Pine Top. There you go. I was there, there for a time of Sabbath. Really? I was hanging out was with Was there some rifling involved? There, well, there, there was some gun shooting, but we were just... Was there some dead deer involved? No, 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 no. There was some eating of things probably uh, that weren't, you know... There's some really big elk out there. Yes. Yeah. But no, we. Um, I went out with a buddy just to go hang out. He had a house there we could stay at. And just to spend some kind of Sabbath time driving around the woods, hiking around the woods, hanging out in prayer, I felt like I needed to get, just spend some time in prayer. And I had this crazy prophetic dream thingy weirdness. And it was that you're going to go home and your wife is going to conceive a son. And he will be a You should wild, call his name Emmanuel? No. No. You will okay, be good. a, he will be all boy. A wild man. All man, wild all man. wild, and your ministry to be to him will be to turn all that towards the Lord. Well, there you go. And I came home, and a day later, you said, "Hey, baby, we're gonna conceive." Wah 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 <laughs> wah 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 wah. And uh, yeah, and it, it just it I happened. Mean, and I, I, I was like, yeah. Back whoa. to my story. Yeah. So I, I was walking. I just, I just think it's funny. Our yeah. third kids. Yeah. yeah. I was walking with, uh, well, you know, she had a dream about number two, too. Addison. <laughs> I don't ever call her number two. Well, baby number two. Okay. Addison. Numero dos. Yes. Andrea. That's Andrea has brown eyes. Yeah. I have brown eyes. Uh-huh. Andrea had a dream and she prayed that our daughter, Addison, would have blue eyes. There is a chance, but it's a smaller chance yes. because you have to have some res- recessive genes. Yep. You ever made a little Punnett square? I yeah. remember my genetics class. Mm-hmm. And uh, Addison has blue eyes, just like she prayed for. Wow. Anyway, so uh, back to my story yeah. about walking circumspectly. Every day when I take the kids to school, mm-hmm. they all go to the same school right now, uh, Elliot and I go for a little walk around the school before school starts. We're just walking, hanging out, talking. Well, Evangeline has been joining our little posse. We have our little, right. we have our little posse. So we're walking around the school, and the kids asked me a question, and I didn't know the answer to the question. So I pulled out my phone, and I'm looking through the phone. And you know how sometimes you can be focused on something and lose focus of other 
things around you. Okay. So, you know. There I'm wasn't focused. a fountain to fall no, 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 into no, no, per no, adventure. No, okay, close that's enough, good. though. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading something on my phone, and in the, in the back of my hearing, I hear my little children trying to get my attention. They're standing right next to me. I'm not really paying attention. I'm not walking circumspectly. And all of a sudden, I stepped in something. A big clump. Number of, two. Of coyote poop. Oh. And they were trying to tell me, Dad, 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 stop. <laughs> and I was not circumspect. They got a huge laugh out of Dad stepping in the coyote poop. All right. There you go. Walk circumspectly. Walk circumspectly or you might step in coyote poop. Now. Lots of coyotes um, in my neighborhood. I think that there's, I for one, think that there's a lot of power in words. Not in a Joel Osteen creepy way, you know, giving yes. birth to things. But um, I... Feel that more power in words than we think. Than we think, right. and and we can certainly speak some things into existence if we're not careful. Mm. Uh, God spoke things into existence. Yes, he did. And, and God's God's really big on that. The name of the Lord. Don't mess with the name of the Lord. I'll tell you that. Mm. Uh, David got himself in a little trouble because it caused the enemies of God. That was God's beef with him. It caused the enemies of God to kind of accuse God and say bad things about God when David blew it. And that was part of, you know, God's beef with David. But uh, in the church, people need to be really careful. Um, sowing discord is a big deal. Yes, it is. And when you sow discord at a God church, hates that. he hates it. And uh, you have to, there, there can be penalties for that here in your everyday life, but you can really lead people astray and hurt people. And I really think that we're accountable for those things. So uh, don't do that. Agreed. It's bad. Yeah. So when God talks about stuff he hates, don't do it. Don't do the hate stuff. It's a good plan. Yeah. So uh, I feel like we answered that. I am good with that answer. Okay. Last one. All right. So we had J. Vernon McGee. Now, please, simply is in all capitals. So they're yelling at us. Simply. Do, do we, I mean, Please, are, are we simple. complex? I don't, I don't believe we're complex men, Miles. I think not. Okay. We're um, not simpletons. Not simpletons. are not complex. But we are definitely smart enough to be dangerous. classified as dangerous. Yeah. So, please, simply, what is the beliefs of the Calvary Chapel Global Network as compared to Calvary Chapel Association? That's the first question. And then there's like a sublet question, because somebody's been reading the news here. Why did Pastor Guzik leave the association? So let's take the first part of that first. Pastor Guzik. Why did Pastor Guzik leave the association? Oh, you said let's take the first part. I, I think let's do the okay. first one. Uh, what is the belief? Because I know Pastor Guzik listens to this, and we're going to keep him in suspense. Right. What is the belief of the Calvary Global Network compared to the Calvary Chapel Association? There is no difference, as far as I can tell. Um, of doctrine. Though if you talked with some of the leaders at the top of each side, I'm sure that they would come up with, well, we have a problem with this, and we have a problem with that. I, I don't believe, and I know a number of these people, I do not believe that there is a serious doctrinal issue. I think there's a serious personality problem. That you have some big personalities at the top of both of these organizations, shall we say, and it's kind of like, I think we talked about this before a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of like when you got family that has, every family has its issues. There's sibling rivalries and there's little problems here and there. And you know, you remember when I was five years old and you pushed me off the swing and I'm still angry about it. 
but dad is still alive, so we get along. Yeah, because we have to. We go to we go to Thanksgiving dinner. We we sit next to each other. Mm-hmm. We pretend like we're friends, but I'm still kind of mad about that time you ate my corn dog. So I'm kind of kind of ticked about that. That's and okay. And then and then dad dies. And so you know what? I ain't getting together with you at Thanksgiving no more. You ate my corn dog. So yeah, so it's a personality problem. And they have the fear of, they had the fear of the Chuck rather than the that's fear right, of the that's Lord. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a bigger personality issue than it is any sort of doctrinal issues until they come out with opposing doctrinal statements, which neither one of them have. Um, at the moment, we sit in the middle, and we do not sit in suspense because we just don't care. Yeah, it's just not a big deal. It's not a big deal. We're doing now, what, we're doing what God called us to do in. North County, California. I will throw this out as a challenge right. to anybody that would listen. They're really, your beliefs are what you do. There are not... We act out what we believe. Exactly. Your beliefs are not what are written on your website or your statement of faith. Uh, your stated beliefs don't always match up with your the beliefs you do in actuality, which is your real belief beliefs, I'll call them. And so I think that there is a little bit of disagreement from the doctrinal statements to how that actually carries out at times, but we'll let them settle that because that's not our problem. Settle it, boys. Settle it. There you go. Work it out. Leave it alone. Or you know what? Go to counseling, get some mediation. There Uh, you go. Get over your darn selves. Exactly. Okay. Why did Pastor Guzik leave the association? Well, Pastor Guzik did not leave the association. The association left him? You could say that, but uh, that's not even what he said. I know. I asked Pastor Guzik. You did? Who someone in, in an email this week talked to me about Pastor Zurich. What? Uh, what, what oh, awesome. yes, David. David Switzerland. David what, Zurich. What? What? What did he? Um, what was his first? What was his first answer? Pastor Guzik. Yeah, his first answer. He said, "Buzz off." What did he say? He said, yeah, "Can't wait to hear your answer to that one." Oh. And then I said, "No comment." And he said, "Hey, it's your question and answer show, not mine." Oh man. So then I proposed an answer, which he apparently didn't like. So he gave me this answer. Quote, this is from Pastor Guzik. Pastor Guzik did not leave the association. David believed that he had fulfilled the service God wanted him to do as a member of the Calvary Chapel Association Council and therefore resigned from the council. But he is still a Calvary Chapel Association regional leader in Santa Barbara County. Until further notice, that's what he said. Until further notice. Asterix, until further notice. So that is the verbatim quote from Pastor Guzik. Pastor Guzik has spoken. Really? There you go. I'm going to speak. Yeah. I call BS. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. Here's what I say. Pastor Guzik. I, I, David, I'll give you that. Yeah. I, my opinion Uh of him, Uh I think he's a really nice guy. He is a nice guy. And when I read certain statements and letters and things from, I won't say which side. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think they match up with his personality, outlook, things like that. Well, see, David is far more thoughtful than you and me. He's Like, I'm a grenade thrower. I understand, but he's a a nice guy. He's not a mean guy. He thinks about his words because he knows the truth that words have power. Exactly. Right. But he's not a mean guy. Right. And so if somebody sends a mean letter, I just don't see him signing that thing. Nah, he just kind of chuckles and laughs and puts it in the I bet he doesn't even laugh. Nah. You know? So anyway. He's much more righteous than you and me. 
I would agree on that. I agree with that. I know, man. His wife would agree too. Totally, 100%. That that he's more righteous than us? yeah. She's spent time with us. She knows the truth. I I think- We're smart enough to be dangerous. I like her. He's just smart. She's funny. Right, she is. He married up. 100%. Yeah, she's funny. 100%. You know? And he would agree with you on that. And she laughs at me because- you know, well, a lot of people a, laugh at you. Mark. I know, <laughs> I know, but uh, the, you know, they're usually super intelligent people <laughs> who understand humor we, between we, the lines. Should we close the sucker down? I think it'd probably be a good time before we get Guzik in trouble. Okay, I do want to say that um, someone left a note on my table the other day with some yes. candy um, because we had talked once again about um, our our liking, shall we say, of Reese's peanut butter cups, but. This person is such an astute listener to the program, knows that I am not eating such things right now. No, you're not. So this person left us sugar-free, sugar-free um, peanut butter cups. Now, you didn't. I eat didn't any. have any, but I let you partake. I took, I took the thing, and I, I ate. I want your opinion. I ate, uh, I ate one. One. And they, they went away, because I guess I the took, rest I, of the pastor I, ate I them, put too. Them, I threw them other places, yes, okay, and yeah. put them out and trolled, see who'd get them. Um. They're not a bad snack being sugar-free. It wasn't uh-huh. horrible. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, peanut butter, you can get peanut butter without sugar, and it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, they weren't sweet at all. No. So I suppose they would be a, a snack if somebody couldn't have sugar, but I was, I'm not on the, I, the you know, my body is, I, I don't It's wanna, a temple. It's it a is. Temple. I don't, this is right. not a chemical temple either. This is no. not a toxic waste dump. Right. So I don't put artificial sweeteners in my body. Yeah. Right now, I am living purely on animal products it's the anti-vegan diet and uh although i do want to try something i think we should maybe try it on the air the impossible burger have you heard about this no per adventure tell me okay the impossible burger there's two companies that are vying for non-meat meat product the winnings to win as the most non-meat meat product that okay, tastes that like meat. Okay, that sounds like hold on, hold that's on, hold strange on. fire, brother. Hold on. I've been watching some some stuff with this whole thing. Okay. Beyond Meat is one company and Impossible Foods. They both make a burger product that looks identical to ground beef. Mm-hmm. And watching it being cooked, it looks identical to ground beef. And in the taste tests of some of the things I've watched, people are like, it tastes like, it tastes like meat. And even to the point where they've tricked people and they go, no, this is a burger. No, it's not. And guess what? We can get one at Burger King. Really? So we might need to try this and see if we, uh, if we agree that it, if it tastes like meat. But it's not really on my all-meat diet. Yeah. I'm trying to just live off love, so I don't think I'm going to eat Well, that. you look like you're doing just fine. I am. I'm loving I'm it. Doing just fine. You know, I've been working out, dropping a few pounds. I rode my good bike times, the other day after my incredible sickness. I rode my bike and... You know what? Mm. I called home and I said, "Honey, tonight." Pick me up, please. No, no? yeah, call my mom. I need a ride. No, I, I can you come get me? I I called my wife and I said, "If it's okay with you, I want permission to complain tonight." Because you were in pain about everything. My legs hurt. My back hurt. My butt hurts. I and said, "My, arms hurt. my everything hurts." I, that was a bike I'm ride. That was not a challenging bike ride. Oh. But I hadn't done a, a ridden in like a month and a half. So the next day, did you have some soreness? Oh, that night. Oh, my, that night, dude. My hair hurt. Really? From billowing in the oh, wind. Wow. Everything hurt. Well, you better get back in the game. Then I am. I am back in the game. Get I'm the a game. machine. Get in the game. So no synthetic burgers for me. I'm living. No, off we're going to try it. We have to try it and see if it tastes okay. like a real burger. There you go. Maybe we'll do that on the air. Yeah. I I worry about sugar free candies that they'll give you the slip and slide. 
you know, but <laughs> I don't want that. So what's the name of that stuff that goes into them? There's a, uh, sweetener. Xylitol. Xylitol. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't, I yeah, don't. I can't, I can't have xylitol. No, it, I'll it, just leave it at that. Yeah. Now let's just say it's an instant trigger. Is it time for a oh, really? Yeah. Is it time for the health warning section? Because I found something out really, I didn't know. Huh? So they say dogs are allergic to chocolate. They can't have chocolate. But Pastor Jason disagrees because he had a nine-pound beagle that ate an entire one-pound bag of M&Ms. And it lived to tell the tale. It just made a mess. Uh, uh, again. Well, then that's, sw- that's allergic enough. No, he, he, he did not say it was really a big mess. The dog seemed oh. to enjoy it. Oh, okay. So, well, I mean, there some, were some, some after dogs, effects, some but like normally associated with eating a pound of, of M&Ms. But so evidently there was a horrible story that Lisa, our resident dog lover, yes, um, read the other day that there was a cute, you know, fluffy the Labrador ate a few packages of sugar-free gum mm. that is, I guess, has xylitol in it. Uh-huh. And evidently that is not good for dogs. And Fluffy died a, sh- a slow, painful death. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. Now, here's the health warning section. Yeah. You know how they have those balls that you put peanut butter in and you give to dogs? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you've got to watch it. There's some new peanut butters out that have xylitol in them. Really? Yes. So you sh- you could be that's not good. That's Poisoning got pulling a fast one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely be a fast one. Yes, it'll be rocketing through your soul. Not good. Yeah. Well, I think we should wrap this one up in a bow. Okay. And say aloha. Aloha. We are saving canine lives. Indeed. Tune in next week. Maybe we will have Impossible Foods Taste Test Challenge. Peace out. Ooh.